Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And now, join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is for each and every one of us to get one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Today, we have Melina Panetta. She is a life coach helping fulfill women and teaching them how to manage their mind and design a life that they love. All of this in like 90 days. Uh, That sounds extremely overwhelming. What a challenge. Hi, Melina. I'm so excited to have you on. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So honestly, I wanted you on for my personal self. I want to (laughs) learn from you and, you know, neuro-linguistics, neurotransmitters, neuro-programming, neuro-feedback, anything in that realm and that world of reprogramming our minds, I am really into. And it sounds like you give some homework assignments for that particular thing. And I just want to jump right into that, but we have to do it the quantum alignment show way. So tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you're doing. Absolutely. So I spent 20 years in corporate America as a software sales executive. And what I loved most about my career was mentoring, teaching, and speaking to women's leadership groups. And I actually formed a couple of my own. So about six years ago, I left the corporate world to start my own business as a coach. And I went to school to be a coach for women who in corporate America that feel that they have a bigger purpose, that they want to do more and be more, but their thoughts hold them back from actually pursuing a life they love. And that was me for the better of 20 years um, because I always felt that there was something bigger inside of me to do other than what I was doing. And the transition was rocky, but it's definitely a possibility for people. And I'm here to help others make their dreams come true and live a life that they're proud of living. I'm so excited to have you on. So tell everyone where you're rooted and based out of. So I am based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the U.S. I 
work virtually. So I have about 30 clients all over the world and that's where I am. So what are most people coming to you for? I know you said mostly it's females who are looking to kind of maybe look in their own inner dialogue and see what's holding them back like that, you know, the glass ceiling that we put on ourselves, that kind of thing. But can you explain a little bit more about the guidance that they are asking you to help them with? Yes, absolutely. So by far, the women that come to me have a big heart and they have a big vision. And, you know, they're intelligent, creative, they're growth oriented, but inside they feel that something is missing. And on the outside, they look like they may have the perfect life. They have very high standards, they have accomplishments, but inside they feel tired, they feel lonely, and there's some form of empty feeling. And they know that there's more for them in their lives. They just don't know how to go about getting it. So they feel frantic sometimes to control everything and everyone around them. They feel frustrated that the relationships might not be inspiring or meaningful. They might feel tired because they worry about every little thing. They may feel lonely because they, they're not willing to reach out for help. They feel they have to do it alone. And they may feel discouraged because many times their inner critic has gotten the best of them and their self-doubt creeps in. And so for me, you know, I was that woman. I was that person that let all of these things and I could check all these boxes. And I dove deep into my own behaviors and did the inner work. And I unlearned that way of being and I relearned a new way. And today I have the tools to be resilient and it's completely possible for women to be happier, to feel confident, to have connection, to have more control and really trusting and having the courage to take more risks, to create a life that they love. And that's what I do. So many questions here. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get someone to that place? How do you find out what their inner work is, teaching them how to unlearn something and learn something? I mean, you have to spend a lot of time with someone to really dial in all those pieces. What are some of your processes in doing that? So my program is called the Happiness Blueprint. And in the Happiness Blueprint, it's a 12-week program with six sections. And they start out with clarity, managing your mind. The most important foundational work is to learn a proven methodology that will control your thoughts and feelings so they stop controlling you. And we start off with that. The second module we go into is called Create. Loving what is and then creating a vision for yourself. Many people are addicted to the idea that they'll finally be happy when they get there. But The reality is you won't, right? You have to learn how to be happy right now. And in that piece of the program, it's learning how to master the strategies to stop allowing everyone and everything around you to dictate how you feel. We talk a lot about creating the ideal vision for your life as well as your career. And then we move into the conceptualized module where it's really preparing yourself for the life you want. Anything is possible until you believe that it isn't. So how to set yourself up for success, defining your North Star, making failure your friend, and really 
not letting your fear of failure paralyze you. Then we move into courage, and that's where you can execute on your plan and keep going. So starting with the end in mind and really doing the work around taking tiny steps consistently over time that build upon each other. Because many times people set goals that are way out there and they seem unachievable. And that's how you lose steam, you lose motivation and inspiration. But taking the tiniest step every single day really helps you to stop spending so much time in indecision and to keep taking action every day to get to where you wanna go. And then there's a whole confidence piece laced into the entire program is confidence and asking for what you need and what you want so you're not distracted on your journey. You know, the key is progress. So learning how to deal with rejection. If you don't ask, you know, the answer is always no. So the secret to creating space and your one thing. So we really focus on building up your confidence every step of the way and taking baby steps on how to build your confidence and make decisions quicker so you stop second guessing yourself. And there's proven strategies and tools that I teach that work in every area of your life for big decisions and small, big steps and small. And finally, you know, I'm a big proponent of celebrating your progress. Many people, especially women, move from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and never really stop to celebrate your accomplishments. And you really don't need a logical reason to do anything in your life. You can do it because you want to and because it's fun and it makes you happy. So really, we focus on how to keep doing this in your life so you feel good. You're having fun along the way because a lot of times personal development and these types of programs, it seems like a grind for people, like it's work and it's like you dread and all these things. And it really doesn't have to be that way. And so we go over some tools with time management and how to handle negative feelings and how to change your thoughts to change your feeling and then following with an action. And that's where we really solidify all the work that you have done for three months so you can move out on your own and still use the tools to keep going and living the life that you're proud of. This sounds like a very large program that's changing people's lives. Tell me how long it took you to put something like this together. Six years. So six years, six years and 20 years of experience. So tell me, what was that big thing? Just if you, if you don't mind being vulnerable, what was that big thing, that big push that made you realize like, I need to put something together for other people, including myself, right? It's holistic to really get to that next level? I mean, what was that next level for you? What were you really trying to accomplish personally? So for me, you know, I always say, and this is true of myself, I always knew there was always that inner pool that I felt. I felt anxious a lot. I was never really happy, even though I was super successful in my career. And You know, I had everything money could buy and I traveled and I did all these things. But Sunday night, I had dread. Monday morning, I felt dread. And I felt really tapped out, really tired all the time. 
and I never showed it, but inside I always felt it. And, you know, I always thought to myself, right, there has to be a better way. And so I have about a thousand personal development books. That's not an exaggeration. I have tons of books on how the brain works. I got my own coach and I really hired mentors and people that were already living the life that I wanted to live. But for me, it was really my last position where I mentored so many women who felt exactly the way I did. And it was really eye-opening the amount of amazing women that are in roles that do not speak up, that do not feel comfortable starting their own business and following their dreams. Because somewhere along the line, somebody told them they couldn't, or there was an experience they had that made them shut down and they felt like they were stuck. And it's really eye-opening to see when somebody has so much potential and you feel like you have potential, but you're living a life that you don't enjoy living and you're working really hard to live that life, but you really don't enjoy living it. And I just got to a point where, you know, truth be told, I had an impossible manager and you were never good enough. And that was really what pushed me over the edge because at that point I had been working on my own personal development part-time. I was in school to be a coach. And at that point it was like, I am worthy. I can do it. And the only way to go was forward. The only way to go was up. And that was the crossroads for me. So what does that look like for someone? Obviously everything that you mentioned before resonates with so many people that they're maybe successful in their own right and whatever they're doing. They may be exhausted. They may have that dread. All those things seem like normal things. Are those not normal things? Are we supposed to be having a different experience? And if so, what does that experience look like for you? So it's a great question. Thank you for asking. So normal is a really interesting word because, you know, what is normal? What is normal? And, you know, for people, it's really not so much we're programmed by society. We're programmed, especially women, are programmed from a very early age. You know, if you're loud, you're too much. You're not, you're not assertive, you're too loud. You're not going after what you want because you're too quiet. You don't look like a model, so you could never, you know, be someone who, for example, models clothes or is into fashion. All of these things that society molds you into is what you grew up. And so when you're a child, you're limitless. You think you can do anything. And then somewhere along the line, in school, in peer groups, parenting, and, you know, I'm a firm believer that Parents, they do the best they can with what they have at the time. But as you go through life, somehow that creativity gets shut off. People think I'm not creative. People think, oh, I can't do X, Y, Z. I can't start a business or I can't get promoted because I don't have these skills. It's always focused on what you don't have. In reality, you have a lot. You have a lot of skills. There's a lot of things that you can do. It's just that somewhere along the way, your brain pattern has told you you can't and that's what you're focusing on so what you focus on grows it's where your energy goes and really doing the deep work into how you think you know your thoughts control your feelings which then control your actions 
and then control your results. So understanding that programming and moving forward with a different story and finding evidence in your life that supports that in baby steps really gives people the confidence to say, yes, I can. And so I think what happens is people put themselves in a box that they call normal. But are you really happy in that box? Or are you just doing the thing that someone told you or that you feel because of your upbringing that you should be doing? When in reality, so many people would excel in their lives, you know, feel fulfilled, feel like they have meaning and have that much more to give, not only to themselves, but to the people around them and to the world and have an impact. And that's what I'm all about. And that's what my clients are doing every single day. So let's talk about that just a little bit. This inner critic, the self-doubt, can you give us just a few tips for, you know, kind of looking at that and working and processing through that gently? Sure, would love to. So your inner critic is very interesting. We all have it. And most of the time it is negative. So the one thing that I tell my clients is to name your inner critic. When you give your inner critic a name, automatically you give that inner critic a name, it kind of depowers it because it gives them like a personal name, right? Secondly, you know, identifying your triggers, recognizing when do you hear it? If you ignore the inner critic, it gets louder. Many times it gets louder. So a lot of people talk about their inner child, right? And it's like the little kid that's pulling on your pant leg, like, hear me, hear me, I'm scared, I'm this, I'm that. And it's really giving yourself the self-compassion you need and reassuring your self-love for yourself that calms the inner critic to say you are safe, you will be okay, and that you can move forward. And living with your inner critic is really something that we all learn. It never really goes away. So it's all about understanding when it pops up, what exactly is it saying, and knowing how to minimize it to the point where you hear it, you understand it, but it doesn't stop you from progressing and moving forward in your life. So you hear that phrase, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes, that is true, but it's understanding where it's actually coming from. You know, back in the day, there were cavemen who hunted and the women stayed back and you had to worry about survival. We don't live in that today, but your brain is a 2000 year old brain and it still very much functions that way. So when you hear your inner critic, it's because you're trying something new. You wanna do something different and it's not considered safe because the, it, there's uncertainty with that. And uncertainty brings fear. And so hearing your inner critic, knowing what the triggers are for you, naming it and knowing how to soothe yourself that you will be okay, that you're not gonna be chased by tigers and bears, <laughs> that you will be okay and not limiting yourself from moving forward in your life. I think that's such an important piece. And I do that often is remind myself, I will be okay. I've done this before. This is ebb and flow. This energy comes in and goes out. Like I do that. I'm wondering if you go as far and as deep with people as to find out where those kind of thought processes or triggers come from, like a parent, a family member, 
a relative, maybe like a trauma and collegiate, you know, level education? Like, do you actually go that far? Or do you just say, we don't have to go, we don't have to put much energy into that space. Let's just say no to it and change it. Because there are two rules of thinking on that. And I hear that a lot on either way. And I think it depends for me. It depends on the person I'm working with. But what do you think? Can you speak to that at all? So I'm not a therapist, so I really don't go into very deeply underneath all the layers. But what we do in my program is that we talk about how negative self-talk is not evidence that there's something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. It's a feature of being human. And so your brain is tricky. It works that way. And sometimes, you know, knowing why you think that way You know, coaching is forward thinking. Therapy is, you know, going back. So I think it's important to understand maybe at what point in your life that you changed. Because I hear a lot of times, I used to be this and now I'm not. I used to enjoy this activity, but now I don't do it anymore. So maybe understanding, and that's what we talk about more, is when did it change for you? Because understanding the situation And understanding how you changed and what triggered that change is really how you can rewire your brain for the future to do something different and to really quiet the inner critic that is trying to hold you back. And so it's not so much I go deep into tuning into your thoughts because people are very uncomfortable with unpleasant emotions. You know, it could be because you're distracted because your life is so busy or you're just unable to cope with what's really there. And the first step towards self-compassion is gaining awareness of what's going on in your inner world. What's triggering your feeling of anger, shame, and how are you reacting to that? What's the tone of your inner dialogue? What is, you know, the block that you're experiencing? And then with that, we move forward and rewiring your brain to making shifts to think differently. Thank you so much. So well said. And that just really solidifies the difference between the two for me. So I appreciate that. I've learned something. Melina, we are going to take a short break and give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think everyone else will too. And we'll be right back with you because I have some questions on how to handle those unpleasant emotions when they do arise. Ever dream of becoming a cannabis therapy consultant or learning more on how cannabis heals? For a deeper understanding of your own body and mind connection using sacred medicine, take time to dive into classes anytime, anywhere with a new online program. For more information, connect on drpepperhernandez.com. This is a 10-month program, one class a month. The Cannabis Holistic Institute provides the most potent teachers Humboldt County has to offer. Students have access to Google Classrooms for downloadable handouts, charts, 
PowerPoint presentations, and more. Also, a live streaming on Facebook, bonus pop-up classes, gifted info, and edited videos available on YouTube. Classes from History of Cannabis, The Biology of Cannabis, Specific Strains and Effects, Cannabis Healing Properties, Juicing, Edibles, and Tinctures, Cultivation and Production, Cannabis Medicine Making, Women in Cannabis Conference, Legalities and Legislations, The Cannabis Business, and more. Thank you so much for listening. Let me remind you of our guest, Melina Panetta. She is going to hopefully give us a few tools of how to handle those like unpleasant emotions that come up. Obviously, we have to be gentle with ourselves. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to look into where they came from, but what do we do in the moment? So there are moments in life for everyone that are hard, painful, scary. You know, there are times when everybody feels angry, anxiety, grief, embarrassment, stress, any type of negative emotion. And so what I like to say is, is that it's human and it's normal, first of all, to feel these things. It's part of the human experience. Oftentimes what people try to do is escape the pain. Draw, deny it, drown it out, push it away somehow. And when you do that, it only perpetuates in the long run because it creates more suffering on the other end. And what I have done is put together a six-step process for really mindfully dealing with difficult emotions because your thoughts are always at the base of these emotions. So the first step is to really stop and Take a moment to pause and turn inward towards yourself. Once you become aware of how you're feeling, take a deep breath to sit with it for a minute. Sit with the anger, sit with the anxiety or the fear. You know, don't try to inhibit it or suppress it or ignore it. Just be with it with an attitude of curiosity and acceptance. Like what's really going on here? Just take a minute to take a step back. The second step is to identify the emotion. So acknowledging that you're feeling this way. If you say to yourself, you know, I know that I feel anxious. I know that I feel embarrassed, whatever the case may be, identify the emotion. The third step is to accept what is. So when you feel this way, there's no need to deny it. You can accept it because it's present in your life at that moment. And so accepting it lets you feel open to feel what you can feel. And it's really part of sitting with it. And you can think about it as, you know, how a mom sits with a child to try to soothe that child, right? It's something that creating the space to sit with it for a while and witness it instead of trying to dry it out right away is really effective. The fourth step is realizing that nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. All emotions are temporary. 
They come, they stay for a little while, and then they disappear. So they come and go, like, you know, waves, you could think of waves or things like that. They come and they go. So your task is simply to allow the wave to be, to witness it, have some patience, and let it go, let it disappear. The fifth step is, you know, what I like to call investigate your response. So when you're calm enough, and you can look deeply into it more, understand what has brought it about and what really caused you to feel that way. So many times, again, it is your thoughts. Maybe you worry unnecessarily about something that has, you know, 99% of the things you worry about never really happen. Maybe that's what causes anxiety. Maybe you were thinking about an event at work or something that happened at home that happened in the past and you're still, you know, holding on to it. So you might find that you have particular values and beliefs and expectations about how you should have behaved or how you should have been seen by others that also contributed to how you were feeling. And so reflecting on how you wanna respond and what's really happening and just realizing that your thoughts are not reality. So don't take them too seriously. And then finally, it's trusting yourself. The sixth step is trusting yourself and choosing the appropriate response that's right for you letting go and then moving on. Those are so great. And I had no idea you were gonna give us a step-by-step and thank you so much for gifting us that. The next few questions before we end the podcast today, I wanna know a little bit more about your personal self and your personal journey. So tell me about your like personal habits that you do for yourself because you are this coach you have been doing all this work you've put all this time in and probably honestly if you look at it it's probably been over a decade of you know accumulation of learning of centering of grounding of you know finding your path what do you do now that are your personal habits and rituals to continue to stay aligned in order to help yourself and help others So I have a motto that I share with all of my clients and it's work for yourself first before you work for somebody else. And that's really filling your own cup before. So in the mornings, I get up at 5.30 every morning and every morning I have two cats that I love dearly (laughs) and I take care of them. And then I do some form of exercise or movement. I'm a runner, I'm a weightlifter, meditation on occasion, but really it's movement in the morning. I also love to journal. I then take the time to journal and organize my day. And, you know, really feeling gratitude. When I journal, I really write down the things that I am grateful for. And I also write I am statements. I am strong, I am successful, I am impactful, I am statements. And I say them out loud because when you write, and you say them out loud, you're 25% more likely to remember them throughout the day. And I always eat a really good breakfast. Um, I always make sure that I have healthy food around, that I eat a really good breakfast, and that I am at my optimal state when I actually go to my computer. I do not turn on my phone or my computer until all of this is completed. And so, you know, a lot of people have trouble with that. A lot of people have trouble with, you know, the first thing they do when they wake up is pick up their phone. I used to be that person. I understand. But it is so liberating 
to be able to be free of being on and online first thing in the morning until you take work for yourself before you work for somebody else. Thank you so <laughs> Why much. are you laughing? Well, I just wanted to say thank you for saying that because I have recently been finding that, you know, I've always been one that will just check my phone and then there's my emails and then there's all the texts and then there's all these people I do know that need help and then all these strangers that I don't know that need help. And I'm like, you know, half asleep getting back to everyone as best I can. I've just realized lately that it does not serve me and that I need to really hone in on my morning routine because I do a lot of the things that you mentioned and other things that are specific to me but usually after the phone process and but I'm already in a moment of like panic or like stress or I need to get back to someone so thank you for saying that I'm sure the listeners are like of course that's the easiest one but for me it's not so I appreciate you. I just, I need to remember thank that. Thank you. Well, thank you. No, it's not easy to do. I used to be the person that got up, immediately reached over to the nightstand, grabbed my phone, which was never turned off ever. Mm-mm. And I did the same thing. A lot of people do. We're programmed to be on all the time or you think you're going to miss something and it's baby steps, right? It's not a switch. I always like to reinforce it's progress. So you start doing that. You start waiting five minutes before you pick up your phone. Then you start waiting eight minutes before picking up your phone. And you build upon that. So, you know, a lot of people jump into, oh, I'm not going to pick up my phone for two hours. That's highly unrealistic if you're someone who today picks up your phone the second your eyelids open. Highly unrealistic and you'll even stick to it. So baby steps, you know, tiny steps over time really build that muscle to, again, work for yourself first before you work for someone else. I love this. I love it so much. Thank you. One question that we always ask our guests are nourishing self-care recipes. If we were to create the you know most enlightened, highly aligned human being, you and I, we're just gonna throw all of our best tips to that human to create a full alignment. What would your most nourishing self-care recipe be? My always is, you know, food, nutrition, plenty of water, meditation. That's just my jam. But what would you add to that? So I would add patience to that. You know, I do think that movement is really important, changing your environment. So when you do feel stressed or you do feel that you need to be more aligned. A lot of times stepping away, even for five minutes to get fresh air, to change your environment really does wonders. And really, you know, what I like to say is not in a crazy way, but it's being more positive. We tend to focus whatever you believe in, you will find evidence to support your beliefs. And so we all have our moments, right? I I still do too, where I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I'm in this mood. I'm in a funk and I'm sitting here and I'm like, no one has called. I haven't done anything different, but all of a sudden, you know, and I find that for me, taking a deep breath, changing my environment, taking a short walk really is a game changer to showing up the way you want to show up in your life. 
And what you would tell a friend is how you should treat yourself as well. So for me, yes, it's nourishment, it's health, it's movement, but it's also having patience with yourself and measuring your progress because everybody has gifts. It's always there. It's what you pay attention to that lets them grow. Absolutely. Truth. Love it. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, I just want to honor your time. Where can we find you? If the listening audience wants to reach out to you specifically, how do we find you? So you can go to melinapanetta.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Melina Panetta on LinkedIn. And I'm available to reach out. I don't know how many people you can take on at a time, but you better watch out because they'll probably (laughs) come your direction. Melina, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun and I really hope impactful for a lot of your listeners. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for helping us encourage others to get one step closer to the highest aligned self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. To you, the audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you for listening and let's make this your very best life ever. See you.